This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Good day and welcome to the Goat Kicker Podcast. I am your host, Carl D. Smith. Welcome back to the Goat Kicker Podcast. It's episode 28. We're going to try to do something a little different. Had some uh, technical issues this week. Uh, I have some hiccups with the app since I've switched to the Google Pixel phone. And um, it works pretty well still. um, But in the right, uh, you know... uh, situation it it locks up it it has a file that will get trapped and it won't transfer from the phone to the to the internet and uh, it perpetually freezes is what it calls seven percent and then um you know uh, some of the times i can actually manually load that same file uh to myself via email and then upload it and then the original file still continues to try to process uh, other times I have to delete it, otherwise it just simply won't stop trying to process. So it, it's a weird hiccup. It almost ruined episode 27, but we salvaged it, or was it 26? It was one of the last two. And then this this one here, it gave me just enough trouble that I scrapped the entire episode, and we're going to start from scratch. But since we had a couple extra days in there to develop... Uh, a theme. There was nothing I spoke about on that episode that was trashed, that couldn't be discussed at other times. It wasn't, you know, ripped from the headlines or anything. But I am sitting in front of the Disney Plus app. This uh, just was released this week. Uh, many of you have access to it for one of uh, of several reasons, and I'd like to go over it. And while I'm sitting in front of it, maybe do a little commentary on what's available and uh, about the app itself and app culture uh, when it comes to streaming services. So um, I won't offer any uh, in-depth reviews here. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about uh, 4K broadcasting or whatever they call that so i can't really speak to the to the uh fidelity of the broadcast other than you know it's pretty much smooth from what i've watched but um i do want to review the content and uh how we view things and uh how things have changed for the distribution of media so on the other side of the break i'll be back and we'll flip through some of these watch lists and discuss disney plus So Disney Plus launched on Tuesday. I was lucky enough to still be up finishing up some writing uh, as the clock passed midnight. I wanted to check because I hadn't really been receiving my emails. My emails were going to my trash file, my spam file. And so I went and looked for them and noticed they were there because I'm like, they haven't really notified me on this thing that I've pre-subscribed to when I can actually access it. So I saw that they mentioned they were uh, available. I looked on Google Play um, on my phone, and there was not an app that came up. I found that disappointing. Uh, fast forward a day, and um, I checked uh, I checked Google News, and sure enough, they listed how and where you can watch Disney+. And they listed the Google Play Store for my device. So I looked, and sure enough, it was there. Again, I was up late enough that the clock had passed midnight. So I downloaded the app, and my intent was to set up all of our family accounts on there and then to surprise the kids in the morning with their access. Um, Once I did this, um, I realized that the movies and the television shows were live, that uh, you could access them as early as midnight. So since I was up, and I tend to be a little bit of a night owl anyway, I thought maybe I would peruse through and and, and see what they have, kind of build a watch list for myself. But what I found was The Mandalorian uh, was inescapable 
uh, of a presence on the suggested viewing um, on the big uh, icon that flips across the top of the screen and so on. They obviously uh, are using the, the, it as their flagship bait, uh, you know, of, of what's unique, what's uh, exclusive, uh, to kind of show the sort of thing they're going to do with their resources and their, uh, their uh, properties that are going to be uh, justifying uh, having another subscription service. And so I decided to watch The Mandalorian. Uh, as those of you who listen to the show know, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Of course I was as a kid. I mean, who wasn't? Uh, we grew up in the era where that was just the, the norm. But, um, you know, I, I watched it, and I'm out of Star Wars enough that I thought it was literally about uh, Boba Fett, which I found out pretty quickly it was not. But that doesn't detract uh, it was a little disorienting at the beginning as I was trying to figure out when this would have taken place because here's Boba Fett. There's no mention of the Sarlacc pit. He doesn't have Slave One as his ship. He's doing bounties. There's reference to the Empire not existing anymore. So I was a little disoriented. But once, and I, I maybe not the sharpest uh, knife in the drawer for Star Wars fans, once I had it confirmed by other fans that indeed this was not Boba Fett nor was it intended to be, it made a little more sense and um, and uh, you know it's it's easier to hop right in and just kind of enjoy the mystery of it all. So I don't want to review the Mandalorian just yet. I'm not sure that everybody has had a chance to see it, but I will say that uh, as a first one hour of using the Disney Plus app, I was very satisfied. Um, it basically felt like a a movie that you would pay to see. Um, you know, maybe the special effects weren't as as polished and as deep as um, what you would see on uh, on the big screen. Uh, but I didn't notice. It definitely looks better than many of the movies I've paid to see in the past. And uh, it very well could have just been uh, another story, although it's taking its time uh, in developing the story. There were a few things that seemed a little sluggish even within the hour, but they may come back later and be essential, or they just may be a part of the pacing. Um, overall, it felt like a spaghetti western, um, which is good. Um, not very deep, uh, not very philosophical. This isn't Once Upon a Time in the West or The Searchers. You know, this is Hang 'em High or, uh, you know, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which, you know, are good pedigrees to come from. Uh, the one thing I will say about The Mandalorian, um, other than it being completely uh, worth the hype, is that it suffers from a thing that I don't even know that suffers is the right word where they build up a character as being sort of the super suave, um, incredible, uh, cocksure, macho, um, proficient hero, uh, but then undermine it as the show goes further along by showing him uh, goofy or, uh, you know, taken by surprise. This is something you don't see much, if at all, in James Bond movies. If you think about how many adventures James Bond has been on, and I mean, he's been playful with the women and such, but, you know, he doesn't do anything klutzy that accidentally works out for him. He doesn't uh, nearly come to his end and just get saved in the nick of time just to make some you know, silly comment uh, or so on. Uh, that's, a, that's a type of charming that I think might have started uh, along with Indiana Jones. Uh, if you think of Indiana Jones and how that movie starts off and he has that expedition uh, fully under wraps, uh, in, including knowing his way around the traps in the uh, in the caves, and um, until you know he gets his prize and mis uh, mis uh, misjudges a little, and then has to escape the caves, and how goofy he becomes from there when he sees the snakes and so on. Um, the snake in the plane, I guess I should say. You know, it, it. and then from there on, we see him doing all sorts of goofy things, and he's undermined by things like monkeys and, and, and you know, bartenders, <laughs> uh, old, old loves, uh, students. Uh, and that sort of happens in The Mandalorian, but not to that same degree. Uh, they show how cool he is and what a formidable force he is 
uh, only to, by the end of the episode, sort of shown his weakness and some goofiness that wasn't there at the beginning. And and I think it works. I think it's just a type of storytelling within this trope that to, to give it a little levity. Um, you know, whether, it, you know, you're watching a movie like The Mummy or, uh, again, like the Indiana Jones movies, I think you've come to expect that out of your action hero. And The Mandalorian definitely sticks to that trope. Um, but other than that, it was very enjoyable. Uh, as I mentioned to my friends who are a lot more excited about Star Wars than I am online, uh, that as someone who just enjoys science fiction, that was a fantastic show. I mean, if that was a show that was just on television and had nothing to do with the Star Wars property, I think I would have enjoyed it just as much. It was fantastic. Um, But I don't know what kind of mileage you'll get out of it as a Star Wars fan. Now, as an aside, I've noticed that uh, some of the boo birds have come out to criticize Disney, to criticize the Disney app crashing um, on its first day because of the overwhelming demand. I think they've stated that there was over 3 million downloads for the app on the first day. Um, And, uh, you know, some of the people who are making it clear to the rest of their friends that I don't have Hulu, nor do I have Disney, nor Netflix, and I don't care. And what people do with their free time, it's amazing that they get anything done. Or, you know, even if they aren't making the comments about other people, they're they're making comments about themselves, about their own tastes. Um, like somehow we should be sticking our thumbs in our lapels and strutting around because we haven't chased this new shiny thing. And that's fine, but I don't understand where that comes from, and nor do I think it's warranted. I think Disney has made a lot of content uh, available for an incredibly cheap amount. It's half the price of Netflix, and I think if you're uh, into you know fantasy, uh, imaginative storytelling, if you have children at home, um, I think that Disney is it's a wise choice for your dollars if you're going to choose. Do I think I would choose it over Netflix? Well, I did. I chose it over Netflix. I canceled Netflix when I signed up for this because I thought my kids would get more mileage out of it. And uh, as I look into it, I think I will too. But there's a lot of haters out there. And, and, and a few people have even made comments regarding The Mandalorian that uh, – they didn't think it was so great as everybody else, and they're they're withholding their judgments so that they may maintain their friendships and making statements like this. And, you know, that's really tiresome. And as someone who, who feels the need to do that sometimes, and it's embarrassing, and, you know, I wish I could go back and delete about every tweet and post I've ever made in my entire life sometimes, you know, it's just not a good look. I don't understand where that comes from. Um, you know, if you have a critique of it, fine. Did someone ask you for that critique? Are you just throwing it out there to be a contrarian because there's more space for you to be heard on that side of the fence than there is on the other? Um, I saw some snide comments regarding, uh, you know, uh, like the function of carbon freezing, for instance, uh, which I thought was it's pointless. It's just science fiction for Pete's sake. And when we start to hold it up to biblical level scrutiny for its canon, I think it's going to fall apart or be uh, completely collapsed under its own weight. So my first experience, as I assume many people's first experience with the app, was The Mandalorian, and it definitely paid off. And I think as a proof of concept, it it definitely um, relaxes one's te- uh, you know timid nature of spending another eight bucks a month on an app. Now, concerning apps themselves, it's interesting now that we're paying for content that uh, definitely can be more expensive than we were paying before for just simple cable TV or Internet access, but it's a little bit more a la carte. Um, It's getting less so um, as some of these uh, studios and companies have, have started to, excuse me, try to profit and try to hold their own properties and their own um and their own uh, products sort of close to the vest and not share so that there's something on their app to drive traffic. And, um, you know, you have your Marvel Unlimited app, you have the DC Universe app, you have HBO Now, uh, Hulu, uh, YouTube has apps. Um, Music-wise, there's Spotify and Pandora. 
and Apple Music and Google Music. And now we have Disney and Netflix and Amazon Prime as well. So there's plenty of places looking for your money. Um, but uh, you can't have it all. And if you do, you know, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Who has that much free time? But, uh, you know, there is inevitably going to be something that's not available. Uh, one thing I've noticed up front here is that um, in Disney+, Plus, not all the Marvel movies are on there, for instance. Um, nor are all the Star Wars movies. The ones that are missing are ones that you can watch on Amazon Prime and Netflix currently. Uh, there was a deal struck somewhere where I think they're going to allow um, allow those licenses or those uh, those contracts to sort of expire naturally, and then they'll move them over so that everything is on Disney Plus. But you know they didn't want to just yank everything uh, midstream from services that they'd already uh, already made commitments with. Um, Netflix, you know, uh, they developed some uh adult oriented marvel content as far as some series those things are not on disney plus uh so some of that stuff still remains out there um for how long uh will it get vaulted i'm not sure um but uh but for now it's not on disney plus we don't like to pay for content anymore. We play pay for service. It's really interesting. You know, we've talked about this with video games in the past that when you buy a video game now, you don't expect it to be completely finished when you buy it. Uh, you're buying that game as a service, not as a product. Um, it's a subscription service with microtransactions. Seasons come out. Plots and missions develop. Features are added and polished and overhauled as needed. Um and, uh, you know, these apps are the same way. It's not common anymore to go out and purchase a movie. People don't want to pay for content. Uh, I noticed that uh, as I've been following wrestling lately, that amongst the wrestling community, I think that piracy is, is a pretty common thing because no one wants to pay for pay-per-views. They feel entitled to be able to watch these shows. Uh, some of the shows are only available on certain services. So if you have Sling, uh, you know, Orange, but not Sling Blue, uh, and you don't add the Spanish language channels, then you can't watch all the wrestling you want to watch. And even if you did, then there's still some things you couldn't watch. Obviously, NWA is only available on YouTube and pretty soon on Fight Live. Um but you know you can watch the about a week after the fact you can watch it on fight although who doesn't have access to youtube but uh bn sports uh you know galavision these sorts of channels aren't on every package and so in order to watch all the wrestling uh including some of the indie stuff you have to either spend money or pirate and I'm noticing that people in the movie uh, interests uh, are, are starting to be the same way. They don't want to pay for uh, for content. If uh, if they put a few episodes of The Simpsons up to watch, they want to know why they don't have access to all the episodes of The Simpsons, and you know they don't want them pan and scan only. They want them widescreen or. You know, why aren't all these kung fu movies available on Amazon Prime if a few of them are? And, you know, they're available to purchase, but no one wants to pay for them. Um, it, it's interesting that our, our buying habits have been ruined and that social engineering has happened since we've accepted Netflix as the new norm. And uh, I wonder when we'll get to that state uh, when it comes to things like books and comic books. I wonder if there'll be a time when we just assume that we're not going to pay for those things, not in the format that uh, that we are now. There's a certain level of collectability with comic books, so I think that part of the hobby um, will sort of insulate it a little bit from a total switch to digital. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. So I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back on the other side of the break, we'll go through some of the other content on Disney Plus, uh, what else is available, what you can expect, and some of the some of the little nuggets of joy that I look forward to uh, exploring um, on my own time on the service. So I'm like the king to jumping to conclusions. Um, 
when they were speaking of making new Star Wars movies, again, this was pre-internet. Um, I was in high school going into college, and then I was actually in college itself when uh, they started putting out these Shadows of the Empire things. There were figures. There were little statuettes. There were a video game, a book, a soundtrack, believe it or not. And I couldn't understand why in the world they were putting out all this merchandise before the movie was made. And I just, I seemed, I was indignant about it. Like, how stupid, how stupid would the studio be to saturate the market with all this stuff to allow people to already know what's going to happen if they're just going to turn around and release the movie later? And then one day, one of my friends kind of looked me in the eye and was like, they never said they were making a movie of this. They're making Star Wars movies. This is something entirely different. And it was sort of humbling, and it's one of those pure Carl moments where, you know, he, he was, of course, 100% right. And um, and uh, I just jumped to that conclusion. I just couldn't believe that uh, that I was wrong in my assumption. I just jumped to the conclusion one plus one equals two and went from there so um uh, this is something that i'm historically known for so when i fired up the disney plus app i was surprised at the lack of content but what you're greeted with is basically a greatest hit screen um and so not everything that's available on disney plus is on the top screen um across the top there's about a dozen or less of their high profile shows with um, large banners that rotate through um, in a slideshow. And uh, currently the ones that they're promoting the most heavily appear to be uh, Dumbo Live Action, The Mandalorian, uh, Avengers Endgame, a live action Lady and the Tramp that did not get released in the theaters, uh, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, which is something that would have normally been on Disney Channel, but it's going straight to the app. The Simpsons, which is one of the more odd inclusions on this. Avatar, which Disney continues to ram down our throats as if it's significant in any form or fashion other than the technology that it represented to bring it to life. I just don't understand the fascination with this multi-million, if not multi-billion dollar uh, corporation uh just trying to convince us that Avatar is in entertainment or memorable in any way. I I know absolutely zero people who are into that intellectual property. Um, Not to say they didn't enjoy the movie or or what have you, but there's no attachment to those characters or those settings or, you know, wondering what's happening to them off screen as far as an extended universe goes or, you know, wanting T-shirts or emblems for their car or, pop sockets for the back of their phone there just isn't a call for avatar it does not have the nerd credibility i think that um is is something that even like the last airbender enjoys so i don't understand the high marquee value of it there's something called encore i think it's people uh it's a reality show about people who are in a high school musical together um and they re uh unite them uh you know, a decade or more later uh, to to do the play again as adults. It looks kind of funny. Um, Captain Marvel, another one of their marquee uh, Marvel projects that's uh, available. And then uh, to represent their National Geographic uh, content, which I'll mention here in a moment, but they have a show called The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which is both, uh, if you look at the banner picture of him kind of, looking cheeky in the minute you know he's at the beach he's holding an ice cream cone and a waffle cone he's got his finger kind of against his pursed lips and looking off to the side with big hairy carry glasses on and it's just too precious to even check out and uh, the timing of jeff goldblum uh being one of your flagships right now might not be the best with his current comments about uh woody allen but uh we'll uh we'll progress so once you get past the big flashy um, slideshow, basically the website or the, the app is divided into five uh, categories of content. Disney proper, 
Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. I was not aware um, that National Geographic was going to have such a large presence. I thought that this was going to be purely a partnership deal uh, for all those wildlife films that uh, Disney makes like Monkey Kingdom and Bears and all that. Uh, I didn't realize that they were actually going to carry a pretty big catalog of National Geographic uh, productions. And uh, I was very satisfied with that because it definitely rounds out the app. It gives you more than just entertainment. It gives you uh, a little bit of educational documentary content. And one thing that has happened as a byproduct of all these streaming services and the demand for for um, large uh, quantities of content that you don't want to pay for is they've had to find things that were quality and interesting and uh, true crime and uh, and documentaries have, have filled that void and um, have become kind of a sub-industry into themselves. And so National Geographic with all of their excellent documentaries and series um, being included on this app definitely make it more viable for someone like me um, or people even more like my father who the last thing in the world they want to do is sit down and watch the Muppet movie. So on the main screen, we're still there. We haven't gone into one of the subfolders here. Uh, we just look at their scrolling left to right rolls a la Netflix um, under these subheadings, such as originals. These are things that you can only see on Disney+, Plus, uh, recommended for you, which I don't know how in the world they uh, came up with a recommended list based on nothing more than just my name and the fact that I didn't lock out uh, so-called adult content. Um, there's one called Hit Movies, Trending, which is interesting. I'd love to see the real numbers on uh, what people are viewing in these first two days. They'll get watered down uh, eventually, but I definitely would like to see what was the most viewed thing in the first 24 hours. I imagine it was The Mandalorian. But it would be interesting to see, like, what else were people checking out that they just couldn't wait to watch? Now, on the trending list, it's obviously a plant. Uh, the Simpsons is number one. Moana is number two. I don't think these are intentionally in any sort of order. But then The Mandalorian's on there, that high school musical deal. Lion King and Frozen, of course. But then Avatar's on there. I mean, come on. Who's really watching Avatar? Uh, they have uh, the live-action Lady and the Tramp, um, Descendants, which you can watch Descendants on anything with the Disney logo. Uh, it's on their television show constantly. You can watch it on demand if you are on Sling or, or DirecTV or any of those things. So I, I'm a little skeptical that this represents really much of anything on here. Uh, as far as Marvel movies go, uh, Endgame and the original Iron Man are on that list. And I don't who's firing up the original Iron Man in this day and age? So to me, the trending list is a little broken. I think it's just um, it's corporate uh, corporately play stuff there's a category called out of the vault it's basically every disney movie you can imagine all their franchise characters bambi sleeping beauty peter pan 101 dalmatians all these things uh dumbo uh there's been a little bit of heat recently with um uh, uh, Disney and, and some of their more racist content. The company's been around so long that it's inevitable that there's going to be things that, uh, you know, socially and and, uh, and uh, racially are, are insensitive uh, just to because of the way that times change and uh, the way that uh, entertainment tends to cater to uh, certain audiences at the expense of others. I don't feel like that is a huge negative. I feel like it's something that's been addressed. Does it continue to happen at Disney? Yes, it happens everywhere. But um, I don't necessarily need the crows edited out of Dumbo. I think that the people who call for those sorts of things have a right to be upset by these things. Um, but uh, I think it's misguided to, to mangle the art. Uh, let it stay as a time capsule for the time that it was. I don't think it's going to continue to spread hate or racism amongst the children. I think it's something that uh, can be discussed, and um, I think it needs to stand. I think it needs to be included in there uh, as a part of the whole product. Um, 
on and on it goes. They di- they divide all these things up, uh, you know, and to divide it by uh, musicals, uh, things that uh, were throwbacks. Um, one of the interesting things on the throwbacks is uh, the classic X-Men uh, cartoon is prominently featured, as is Darkwing Duck. Uh, Gargoyles, which some of you might remember, that came out. It, it, they listed as Disney's Gargoyles, which is really confusing because I don't recall it being Disney um, at the time it was on. It was on at the same time as the Batman animated series uh, ran on, like Fox or what have you. Um, maybe Disney has owned it uh, for a long time, but um, I I don't recall it being Disney-related, but there it is. And then, of course, uh, you know, things like the Goofy movie and Muppets Treasure Island are on here. Um, The movie 10 Things I Hate About You, probably the most single most adult thing on uh, the app that I've seen so far as far as adult content. Um, In their nostalgic movies, the original Parent Trap, Tron, the original Muppet movie, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, things of this nature, uh, the original Mary Poppins. Uh, Return to Oz, Willow, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain, uh, these sorts of things are on there. So I think if you're an older Disney fan and you feel the need to fire up the Apple Dumpling Gang, you're going to be pleased. Um, Who among us hasn't had to sit through that darn uh, uh, cat or or Herbie Goes Bananas uh, at a school assembly in the past? You can always relive those moments now with Disney+. Plus. One of the things, uh, two two things I want to mention. One is that uh, the Mickey Mouse animated shorts was one of the things I was looking forward to. Um, They have them individually loaded. So if you want to watch Tugboat Mickey or if you want to watch, you know, the one where um, Mickey, uh, Donald, and uh, Goofy hunt, uh, ghosts, you have to fire those up individually. And um, and uh, several of them are on there. Not all of them are on there. Um, I think you're probably better off just watching the new Mickey Mouse shorts. They're fantastic. Uh, there's quite a few of them on here. But if you really have a hankering to watch the old Mickey Mouse uh, shorts, uh, things that uh, kind of made Mickey who he is, um it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for you because they've made it a hassle and it's not um, comprehensive what they've listed. Uh, as far as documentaries go, I wanted to mention one other one before I take a break and finish this out. But um, they have a new a new documentary series that they're doing just for uh, the Disney Plus, and it's called um, The Imagineering Story. And it talks a lot about what it took to engineer the parks and their movies and so on. And uh, much like The Mandalorian, they're only releasing the first episode. And then uh, they'll add new content uh, on a regular basis, whether it's weekly or monthly. I I don't know. I know that they're dropping like The Mandalorian Episode 2 this Friday already. But they didn't want people to be able to sit and binge through it and be done with it. And... um, and it's very interesting that they're taking that approach. But I think uh, for those of us who like Disney, um, for their artistic and their, uh, the, the procedural part of it, I think that um, I think that, that Imagineering series will be uh, something that uh, we find a lot of joy in. And I hope it's uh, comprehensive. I hope that uh, it goes deep. I hope it isn't just some fluff piece. Uh, like that they would show on the Disney Channel. I hope it's something satisfying um, in between viewings of Roger Rabbit (laughs) and Monsters, Inc. So uh, I'll take a quick break, and then I'll wrap this up. So I think that most of you are probably going to get uh, Disney Plus or borrow uh, borrow the um, password from somebody who has it. I mean, who doesn't want to watch Turner and Hooch? It's on there. How many of you are are huge Lion King one and a half or or Lilo and Stitch two fans? Because you'll want to make sure you watch those again. 
there's a bunch of stuff on here that's kind of head scratching. Sister Act is on here, you know, stuff that uh, you just think that is probably better lost to time, like Inspector Gadget to the live action movie. The computer wore tennis shoes. You know, a bunch of these uh, Tim Allen Christmas movies. There just isn't a reason for that stuff to necessarily be drug into the to the new generation, but. Uh, you know, they said they were going to be completists and they're trying their hardest to uh, to be that way. Um, my last comments will be, uh, I want to go over what I've stuck onto my, uh, my viewing list. But I, one more thing I wanted to uh, address is that um, they, Star Wars is... is always a hot topic and um the fans are notoriously uh critical of changes to or or adaptations of their characters of their property well the star wars fans have already sat down to watch these movies they've seen a billion times and uh it didn't take long before we found out that they have once again altered elements of a new hope uh, namely the scene where Greedo and Han Solo face off. And um, comically, it's been altered in a way that adds a headshot of Greedo right before he gets smoked by Han Solo's pistol, where he says something in his language that sounds a lot like the word McClunky. And so that's already become a meme on the Internet. <laughs> it's such a goofy thing and I don't know why they continually have to mess with that and not just release the cinematic version of it but uh but there it is another weird chapter in the the book that is Star Wars we can't just let it lie it has to be a, you know a living product um very strange and uh you know I don't think we've seen the last of it yet but oh I just kicked myself out of here before I looked at the list. So the one last thing I wanted to say is um if you like old Marvel cartoons like Mar- uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends or the Spider-Man series that used to be on MTV uh things like that there's a lot of this on here and I think it's a good thing to put on in the background. It'll be a lot of fun to go through that once I've exhausted the stuff I really want to watch. Um, I will warn you that Silver Surfer and Fantastic Four and Iron Man from the 90s from the Marvel Action Hour are nearly unwatchable, but they're on here. Um, If you have a soft spot for that sort of stuff, it's it's definitely uh, accessible. And, um, you know, kudos to Disney for trying to cater to all tastes. They own these properties. Why not put them on their massive, massive servers and make them available? It doesn't hurt anything to have more content, although it's kind of head-scratching to who is going to sit down and watch that stuff. But everything tends to have a fan, so, you know, it's good, good on them for including it. So I fired up a little bit of a watch list of my own, and I wanted to go through the things on here and uh, just tell you, just as an example, what I've put on my list and uh, maybe give you a little insight to the madness that is Goad Kicker. Um, the first one I chose was a uh, documentary that Disney Nature did called Chimpanzee. Um, it's really interesting. Disney has sort of this, this complicated um, relationship with uh with nature movies um it's a little more entertainment sometimes than it is science fact um a lot of us have learned a lot of incorrect or or flawed uh views of how the world works around us through these disney nature movies but chimpanzee it came out in 2012 and i really enjoyed it i'm really looking forward to watching it again it's not the sort of thing i want to pay to see again so once again my habits have been altered by streaming culture but now that it's available, I definitely want to take advantage of it. It's about a baby chimpanzee and, and sort of like how he adapts and learns about the world around him. And it's really remarkable to see these primates um, and how they interact with the world because, you know, being our nearest cousin, more or less, they're, it's just fascinating to see how human and, and how intelligent uh, these animals are. The first thing I added to my list, it, it, there's no particular order 
to how these things are added in here. But uh, the first thing I added to my list was the black hole. Now I own the black hole in like three or four different formats, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I will watch the black hole every day of my life and not be bored of it. To me, it's one of the greatest science fiction movies. I saw both it and Star Trek, the motion picture in the theater with my grandmother. And um, I have very fond memories of both doing that at five years old. Um, and, uh, and the influence that those movies had on my life. And it's weird now to think back that either of those movies were enjoyable to me at five years of age, but truly uh, significant moments in my life, both happening in the same year. And um, and the black hole has captured my imagination as a child, as an adolescent, and as an adult. I still watch it. I still enjoy it. It doesn't seem cheesy or hokey to me. I still like the story. I think it's something that could be updated, although I'd hate to see it remade. But um, but the black hole, man. It, even though I own it, definitely something that uh, that I want to check out now that I have Disney Plus. Tron, I added. Um, I've never seen Tron Legacy, um, but before I watched Tron Re- Legacy, I wanted to go back and watch the 1982 movie. Um, I have watched Tron in the recent past. It doesn't hold up for me. I think it's cr- incredibly boring. I think there's some concepts that fell really flat. They were trying to do some things. They just got away from them. Visually, it's interesting, but um, it hardly looks state-of-the-art anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And for those of us from the arcade generation, you know, it, it's legendary. And I, I definitely want to give it another shot and um, and then uh, slide into the, the modern uh, sequel and see what it has to offer. Alexander the Great. Excuse me, The Lost Tomb of Alexander the Great. That's a National Geographic documentary that I really have wanted to see um, ever since I've heard it was out there. It's really short. It's like 40 minutes long. But, uh, you know, there's tons of stuff on National Geographic that I want to see. And that's turned out to be probably the clincher for me keeping this service longer than a couple months is uh, the access to National Geographic. Excuse me. Another National Geographic uh, series, this one is, multiple seasons, six years worth of seasons of a show called Life Below Zero uh, about how people live and interact with Alaska. Um, My interest with this has to go back to Jack London and, uh, you know, uh, Nanook of the North and of these things. Um, the, The second book in the series of The Cardinal Fates is going to have some winter survival aspect that definitely um, is influenced by these things. And so Life Below Zero for me is is research at its best because it, it's entertaining. Uh, it, it's got a lot of heart. Every episode tells a different story about a different feature of, of living in these harsher climates and um, sort of scratches all the itches I have for anthropology, for science, and for entertainment. So definitely a series I want to kind of check out when I have time. Uh, I included Treasure Island, uh, the 1950 movie. Um, I say what you will about old hokey uh, Disney movies. They're live-action movies. But there are some incredible, incredible movies out there. Um, along with that, you know, Jenner, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, uh, Davy Crockett and the River Pirate, Shipwrecked, Swiss Family Robinson, all these things, fantastic movies. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, I bookmarked also 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, Basically, anything Jules Verne is going to be entertaining. Um, This particular movie uh, was a science fiction epic uh, of its day. And I think when you watch it now, um, you might be a little bored. (laughs) Uh, But uh, for those of us who can kind of suspend some of our uh, our expectations of modern filmmaking. There's a lot of joy to be had in these movies. So Treasure Island, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, those are going to be the first two of my toe dips into these sort of high adventure movies that Disney made back in the day. Speaking of adventure, I added the movie Willow. I've given uh, people a hard time online. My friend... Um, 
Joe, you know, he was excited about Willow as well. Um, but I was kind of giving him a hard time. But the truth of the matter is I'm very excited to sit down with this. I've wanted to rewatch it for a long time, but it hasn't been available for free. Again, I've been trained not to pay for content. And uh, and so along with uh, movies like uh, The Black Cauldron and The Sword in the Stone, um, this is something that's been on my list that I wanted to rewatch as an adult uh, once I get a chance. And here I have the chance. So um, Willow, I recall loving Willow. So I'd be interested to watch it now as an adult. The Love Bug um, I've bookmarked. And before... You make too many crazy generalizations about myself. I absolutely love Herbie. To me, Herbie is the best uh, Disney icon other than Donald Duck. Um, I will watch any Herbie movie any day of the week, including the one with Lindsay Lohan, which I don't think is on Disney+, Plus. which... It's a little head scratching. That one and uh, and John Carter are both absent, and uh, so is Tomorrowland. And these are all movies that I would watch. I've never seen Tomorrowland. I really wanted to check it out. And uh, Herbie Full Throttle with uh, with uh, or Herbie is it fully loaded or Full Throttle? I can't remember which it's called. But with uh, Lindsay Lohan, and you know I love that movie. And uh, Judge Away. But uh, The Love Bug, man, uh, The Love Bug and Parent Trap with Haley Mills. I mean, th- it doesn't get any better than those two movies. I added the movie Hercules to my list, and this is more for Kendall. Her and I have never seen Hercules before. And uh, in the new Descendants movie, um, we find out that the lead character, Mal's father, is Hades from Hercules. And uh, we don't know anything about it. And Kendall kind of mentioned that she has friends that know all the Disney movies. And we've only seen a handful of the Disney princess movies, partly because she was completely uninterested in watching Disney movies until her friends talk about them endlessly. So we're going to watch Hercules together. I wanted to add it to my list before I forgot. Of course, I've added The Mandalorian. Not that they'll let me forget about it, but I figured what the heck. I'll add it to my list. The Simpsons I've added to my list. Um... I sort of have a hankering to blow through a bunch of the old Simpsons episodes. Although I will admit, the few that I've watched, uh, both animation-wise and the pacing of the jokes, were um, I've either seen them too many times uh, in the past, even though it's been probably 20 years since I've watched them, um, or they just are lacking compared to modern uh, joke delivery and pacing, but I just don't have the patience for it. I just can't sit and watch multiple episodes of the Simpsons anymore. Uh, which is weird because in college I could have sat down and probably binge watched them until my eyes bled and still been unsatisfied because I loved them so much. So, uh, but it's on there. I want to check it out. There's definitely some stuff I want to see. Um, I have never seen a pirates of the Caribbean movie. I'm not a big fan of Johnny Depp. Um, I just don't really have a lot of interest in seeing him be his full depthness. But um, ever since we went to uh, Disneyland in 2017, um, I already love pirates. I love that motif. And I got to ride the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which I was overjoyed with. Um, There were some alterations to it from its original form, um, things that people gripe about online all the time. Uh, there aren't uh, pirates now chasing women uh, around uh, lecherously. Uh, That's been changed. Uh, We did get to write it before they changed the auction scene. Uh, They're auctioning off women that they've caught, and there's a redhead they're auctioning off. Now that redhead is uh, a woman pirate or a woman entrepreneur of her own. Uh, It's staged a little different way. The redhead's still there. She's just been changed and it changes the tone of what's present uh, being presented. I don't have a problem with that, but I was glad to get to see it in its original form before it was changed. But now that I've been on the ride and how they kind of uh, surreptitiously added Johnny Depp and some of the characters from the movies into the ride, I was curious about seeing uh, the movies. Um, also, I'm reading Stranger Tides, which um, is uh, a book by Tim Powers, that was written uh, not on Stranger Tides, excuse me. Uh, it was written not intended to be a Disney movie. It was just a book 
uh, of high adventure written about uh, a man going down to uh, the Caribbean, to Jamaica, to claim uh, a part of his legacy, uh, a part of his inheritance, and he gets embroiled into pirates and a search for uh, what I assume will turn out to be, as I'm reading the book, um, uh, the fountain of youth, uh, the way that they're hinting, but, um, it has to do with voodoo and all sorts of other stuff. It's fascinating. Well, Disney bought the rights to that book and then, and folded it into their pirates universe. So I definitely want to start down the trail of these pirates movies and then pace myself in such a way that it doesn't ruin the book for me. Um, but I am excited to watch them. A big-budget pirate movie with or without Johnny Depp is going to be enjoyable. And I don't know why I've put it off so long. Um, I just have this general distaste for Johnny Depp, and I'm sorry about that, but I do. And, uh, you know, uh, it's time to, as I've done with Sammy Hagar, uh, bury the hatchet and just enjoy the art. Um, The last thing I have on my list is that Imagineering Story documentary series. I'll be sure to talk about that a little bit more in the future. Some good friends of mine are as uh, big of fans of uh, the park mechanics and uh, theme park rides and the Imagineering as I am, probably bigger than me. And so it'll be fun to talk to them about what is shown on here. I could watch that procedural stuff all day long. Riding the rides is one thing, but seeing how they work is an entirely different thing altogether. And if they do an episode on the Haunted Mansion, my brain will explode. And speaking of the Haunted Mansion, I don't think the Haunted Mansion is available on the Disney Plus app just yet. I've looked for it, and I just haven't found it yet. But as I said, it has a tremendous amount of stuff, and not all of it is listed uh, immediately on uh, these front pages. You have to kind of dig a little deeper. And um, there's a lot of surprises out there, uh, stuff that you didn't know existed. Um, Oh, there it is. Now that I look as I'm talking, it is on here. So I will add that to my list here. Um, The Haunted Mansion movie almost deserves a separate goad kicker when I talk about the Haunted Mansion in general, Um, sort of loosely based on uh, the Gracie Manor. Um, But um, but anyway, uh, it's a terrible, terrible movie. And I sort of enjoy it. but what are you watching? Uh, obviously, you're watching The Mandalorian, or you'll have to turn in your uh, your uh, nerd card. Um, you're probably not going to watch Three Caballeros as many times as I do. Um, that's one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. Um, it was one of those things that we were tortured with uh, on a regular basis. Um, in Spanish class, of all things, my Spanish professor had a uh, Spanish-speaking copy of it. And... Um, he he would put it on when he just didn't feel like teaching, but um, you know I uh, I enjoyed it, <laughs> and I enjoy uh, Latin American culture and Central American culture, and so you know it wasn't torture for me, and all it did is really just burn into my brain uh, as far as something you know almost Stockholm sim- uh, syndrome style uh, something that uh, should be enjoyed and not hated. Um, there's a lot of other things on here I want to check out, but I would definitely like to hear your recommendations, something that I've missed, something I just haven't stumbled across yet. Maybe you're excited to watch the Lone Ranger. I know that I've never seen it. Um, and, uh, it's on there. Um, uh, give me a recommendation. Is there something I should be watching? Is there something on your list? Let me know at the usual places on Twitter at Carl Smith Writer, or you can email me, carlsmithwriter at gmail.com. And uh, let's see what we're all watching or things you're going to check out that normally you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have spent time on. Um, maybe you're excited to watch Mar- Mars Needs Moms. Uh, maybe you're going to watch Maleficent eight times. I don't know. I won't know until you tell me. So let me know until next time, you know, uh, don't stay up too late watching heavyweights and take it easy.